0: I'm worried. You're worried. We're worried. Let's worry.
1: Hi, I'm Kevin McDermott.
0: And I'm Casey Grambo.
1: And we're performers at the CT Comedy Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. And while our physical space is shut down due to the pandemic, we're excited to bring our show, Little Worry, Big Worry, to you in this digital space. On each episode of Little Worry, Big Worry, we are joined by a very funny guest to talk about what we're worried about, the silly little things, and also some bigger personal fears. We talk it all over, we break it down, and hopefully at the end of the show, we feel a little less worried. Casey, how are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I am uh, you know, feeling the you know the changing of the seasons. It's been really wild doing a podcast in the winter spring. I feel like it makes everything feel so immediate.
1: Our podcast weather-wise. is just rid- Yeah. No, I mean it's ridden this changeable weather that we have here in New England. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the podcast has evolved. It's a little bit hotter. Nowadays
0: a little bit spicier. A little bit
1: <laughs> hotter. We started out a little bit chilly and frigid. Not in a bad way. But it like really, in, if you were if you in were inflamed, <laughs> you come to our podcast and we'll we'll take that inflammation right out of you. Ooh, with our yes. cool...
0: rest um uh ibuprofen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's Compress. the eye and ibuprofen. Yeah.
0: Elevate um with exactly. our podcast. <laughs>
1: uh so Casey's referring to rice, which is rinse your hair if you're injured, <laughs> ibuprofen. Clean your teeth and then express escalate
0: yourself no, sorry. Es-
1: express <laughs> yourself at the mall. go to express, <laughs> but Casey, we are hot these days. I mean, this podcast is heating up just like the New England springtime
0: it is I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling like it's heating up. and you know, let's just like ride this right into you know, your recommendation um was a pretty hot tip, and I will have to admit to you that as I have been to the Harper athletic uh soccer team or soccer games before and to the yard goats games i have not been to one in this most recent season i have not had my official like coming out of covid like event that i've attended um Mm -hmm. but i'm sure i'll be at one of them at some point but i will tell you a very very short story about uh me watching a Hartford athletic club game on the television, like we stumbled upon it on like public access or something.
1: Yeah,
0: I almost said public access. Oops. I think channel,
1: uh, channel eleven. Yeah, yeah, on good channel eleven bro- good bro- and good broadcast.
0: I don't. I, and this is absolutely no shade to the guys who are the announcers on it, but I know they're somehow going to listen. They're probably going to find this and listen and be like, literally, kiss my ass, girl. But I will say, <laughs> I don't like hearing American. I'll say American boys speak in british slash english soccer slang soccer like,
1: ease yeah yeah, so yeah.
0: saying things like pitch nil um
1: that keeper had a clean sheet
0: yeah it yeah. really just yeah, yeah. ground my gears in a way that oh, i yeah. couldn't listen anymore so that i turned off the sound um and then because we're all just constantly watching tv and scrolling through our phones at the same time then i was like missing things that were happening because like when you're watching any good long sporting event you need the announcers to kind of be like get your head up out of your butt and watch this moment and i missed some stuff and i was like this is not going to work so um i had a very unsuccessful first viewing of a hartford athletic game that i just wanted to share
1: so um to the hartford athletic broadcast team that is undoubtedly listening right now let's go back to some americanisms let's get uh this anglophone uh kind of tendencies out of your broadcast because casey grambo does not care for it.
0: yeah and i will say like i played you know i i i was a high level soccer player and i just just felt inauthentic and i apologize i'm sorry like eat a cheeseburger or something like let's bring it back
1: it feels like they're putting it on, you know. It's like it's very much, uh, it. You know, I don't think they intended it to be pretentious, but it kind of comes off that way. It does.
0: I like and that's, listen, that's I'm, gotta, I'm embarrassed to be. They're so, kind of trapped, honest. though. They they're trapped. You know,
1: I don't know. If, they're trapped. I think. They're trying to make it a beautiful
0: it. game. They're trying. Yeah, yeah, I get it. We're all. But I best. did.
1: The, the Yard Goats had their home opener last night. Okay. They're on a homestand all the way through the weekend, and um, I don't have tickets, which is regrettable because they're challenging to come by in any year. And now that they're like I don't know, I think maybe about half uh, excuse me, half capacity, they're even harder to come by. But mm. um, God, you know, baseball means warm weather. True. Warm weather means our podcast is heating up. And True Casey, that. our guest tonight is just about as hot as they come.: Ooh: I mean, honestly, like if we wanted to take our podcast up to another hot level, turn it up. on underneath. the old. On the, I can, I, I go by Kelvin. Everyone knows that about me. This is, I, I, I go on the Kelvin scale.
0: Feeling slightly yes. tan, like related to like the English slang. So I, am <laughs> uh, gonna is, is, is
1: my <laughs> need to measure temperature in Kelvin. But honestly, folks, joining us today is a former carnival worker who once broke both of his elbows before <laughs> flying to LA for a comedy show. He is SAG eligible. And hasn't been a guest on a podcast in ten years. Please welcome the amazing Dan Russell. Woo! Yeah, Dan.
0: Incredible! Yeah.
2: Hey, hello, hey, Dan. Hey guys, how you doing?
0: We're good. Obviously, Great. we're. I'm feeling a little spicy. Like I'm, I'm embarrassed with how, out the gate, I've been a oh, just disrespectful. So I think I'm. I apologize. No, this is hot.
2: You guys say. are coming in real hot. I'm feeling both. It's feeling both caliente and california like all kinds of hot
1: nice (laughs) casey that's what we've been going for a little bit of the california um caliente style that's good yeah
0: for sure i I definitely trying to be calm and generous and (laughs) cautious i've 100 percent just been flying 100 miles an hour without with with just disregard for anybody's feelings so yeah
2: especially soccer announcers
0: no regard (laughs) I can't wait for the letters. The letters.
1: <laughs> They'll be coming in. Um, Casey, Dan, I'm going to uh, break form a little bit today. And before we get to uh, our little worries officially, I have a former worry that I'd like to share with you, if that's all right. Yeah. It came up today, and I just, I just wanted to, to share it. Um, one important note for this story that I'll try to tell very early is that at my job, I tested for COVID twice a week. I have to go in and do a self-administered little swab up my nose and you stick it up far enough. The nurses say it should be uncomfortable, but not painful. So anyway, that's an important detail because I was eating Welch's uh, fruit snacks today, Mm. which I consume at this stage of the year. Um, My anxiety and stress level is off the charts. I consume about half my calories in Welch's fruit snacks, just one after the other, just shotgunning them all day. I ate a bunch of fruit and I, and I had to get tested today. So this morning I'm eating a bunch of Welch's fruit snacks and I kind of like snarfed one and it went up into my, like, you know, Your like it went down back Yes. There. Went up there. It was up there in my nose. So a few minutes go by and I started like kind of having a lot of snot and I started blowing snot rockets, which are like fluorescent pink, like artificial color, Welch's fruit snack, pink. You
2: love. I know. And you the love only thing I, rocket. <laughs> I, I, I love them. Have you love had them. this problem before? Have you have you hawked out pieces of your gummies? No, but I'm really trying. I'm really
1: trying to get it out. It, I can feel it, kind of like in my nose, like up by my sinus, kind of in there. And I'm worried because I have a PCR test, my COVID test, later in the afternoon. And I'm like, I'm gonna stick that swab up there and just get a whole bunch of Welch's fruit snack on the end of my swab. This instant, the, the, the testing, they're not going to know what the hell's happening. So I'm, I'm really worried about how it's going to impact my COVID test. They've never had a Welch's fruit snack on the end of their probe before. Luckily, I just kept kind of uh, trying to expel it. And ultimately, about half of a Welch's fruit snack came out of my nose. And uh, all was right with the world. So went from very worried to not worried at all.
0: Whoa. Casey is
1: at a loss for words. No, I
0: have. I I just don't know which story I want to quickly tell in response to this. I will just tell the shortest story of one time at work because this is not this sensation you're describing is like so visceral. Like if anyone has ever had this happen, like it is truly terrifying. You're just like my head is a mystery. What is going on? And (laughs) um, like at one time at um, I was at work and there was just like a pile of starbursts that I was just you know consuming as my meal and i like i like half swallowed like a pink starburst and it just wouldn't go down and so i was just sitting there just like you're choking on a starburst right now (laughs) and every time like i was like trying to get rid of it there was like a juicy strawberry reminder that i was an idiot and i was (laughs) it was just a terrible experience but it is very odd to have like flavored um Juices, I guess, coming yeah. from you know, your, it happens your, your to your nose often, and throat. It
1: happens to me often when I'm eating a carrot. Like, I don't know what it is about carrots and the way I eat them, but like, I'll <laughs> kind of like, you know, do one of those things. <laughs> it's gross like a on poor, a podcast. Like can you get closer to for for on that one? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and, and it'll go up. I will agree, it's terrifying when it's up there, but it is exhilarating when it clears. <laughs> yeah. I love. The it's just like a thunk out it, like it clears. Oh, love it,
0: audience. It's worth it, it's like a,
2: looks a, it's disgusting. Like a head enema, you're just getting it out.
0: <laughs> it really is,
1: yeah, yeah. A little nasal enema, audience. I'm oh, really
0: sorry that I could talk about this forever, but I, I have to feel like I have to edit myself. So let's move on.
1: Let's move on. Thank you for letting <laughs> me break form. And we need to move on to our little, uh, our official little worries, Casey. All right, you which guys, you're leading us off here. Yes,
0: I'm going to lead us off. Okay, here's my little worry, you guys. I'm worried that my 20s are over, and by the way, I'm 31 <laughs> <laughs> years old. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty worried. That um,
1: hey, your carefree 20s are in the rearview mirror.
0: Mm-hmm. Cares, I...
2: there, is it? It's that they were carefree, <laughs> and that there there are more cares now. Is that what it is? <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, there's kind of a, I feel like I've been 30 for a while, like inside. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and I'm not worried about like getting older from the sense of like, I'm dying. Like uh, that's not something that I'm necessarily putting first and foremost in my mind all the time, but there is something to be said about that the chapter of mistakes, acceptable mistakes being closed. (laughs) Um, See, now
1: that's interesting. Is that what 30 means to you? Is like you can no longer make just carefree mistakes?
2: You will now be tried as an adult. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: There are stakes now once you turn 30?
0: In a way. I think that's true. I Because I do, I I think I... You know, I, I, we've talked about this a lot in the podcast. I'm very susceptible to judgment from myself and others, and I think that I definitely judge myself. But there was always a little bit of a pressure release valve to kind of be like, oh, "Well, you're still young," or,
2: yeah.
0: um, or even just feeling like connect, just really kind of acknowledging like kind of the distance between me and people who are younger. Um, Like I'm sure tons of people are seeing the memes are having the experience of people looking at driver's license and being like, oh, you're good to like get alcohol because like your birthday starts with a 19 or like your birth year starts with a 19. Cause people who were born in 2000 are 21 years old, which I was just kind of like, <gasps> um, so, and that doesn't really bother me. It's just one of those things where it, not that it creeps up, but I'm just like, Whoa, like I'm farther away from that. than I realized so. Yeah, I'm just a little worried. I'm curious what you guys think.
2: I want to know something that you, since you have been 30 plus, that you have not gotten away with, that you would have gotten away with had you been actually younger. Did you actually get caught up in something adulty?
0: I don't think I've actually got caught up.
2: Like a wine tasting? (laughs) You couldn't escape because of politeness?
0: (laughs) No, no. I think that there's just some like indulgences of, you know, you know just like I don't know it's hard to describe I think that there's lots of permissions you can give yourself when you're kind of like in that chunk of time like Mm -hmm. you know engaging with like younger trends I'm not talking about necessarily like slang but like music and and I'm not saying no one does this it's just like one of those things where I'm just starting to feel more distance between myself and like you know, this, I would say this sweatshirt's a good example. Podcasters, I'm wearing like a tie-dye sweatshirt. This is very young people. Like I'm starting Mm -hmm, to feel mm -hmm. old wearing this and I, but I wanted it and I got it like this year and I'm like, Oh my God, I look like an old fucking lady with gray hair and a tie-dye sweatshirt. Um, Yeah.
1: Dan, what your question really reminded me of like the demarcation for me was when I now know, like totally backwards and forwards, my obligations and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And when I was in my twenties, I would remember sometimes like the things that I was responsible and obligated to do and be like, Oh yeah, I should probably do that. And then at a certain point, whatever, 30, 35, you're just like, I know so in my bones and soul, like the responsibilities that I have because they're like a mortgage and kids t- to feed and a job and a career to try to cultivate and you know they're yeah you're just like oh yeah and I, I just know that I own those responsibilities <laughs> and in my 20s they were just kind of like things that I happened to engage with from time to time when I remembered to do so
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan I don't want to interrupt if you have a thought
2: <laughs> no I mean I just I feel like Thirty plus for me, uh, who is older than thirty, uh, I I feel like much more stable um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and I feel like that there was a lot more chaos before that, like oh, being yes. married, having a family, having like a career type job like for a long time now, having like you know it sounds weird but like the same friends, knowing the same people, your world. Some people say when you get really older, your world gets smaller, but like right now my world is like very defined and like stable and that feels awesome. I think because it used, it was a lot of like chaos before that it was like, what am I going to do? What am I doing? How are things going to happen? How do things happen? But a lot of those questions are like just knocked down now. And that feels good to me. I don't feel like a lot of regret of like what could have been, or what am I supposed to be doing? It's like right now I'm just like living and in a good place and like, that's, better than like the just constant buzz of what the hell is this world that happens like during your 20s. That's
1: so that's so wise. I, and I, I like I feel that 100 percent, Dan, you, you just put you, my thoughts and feelings into like concrete terms super well. Like that stability is very, very grounding and comforting and and also like enriching you know, because you yeah. live and expand within that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, so, yeah, just, that's... like
2: uh, you guys know from improv. We talk about scenes that like you can like have the scene go forward in time, or you can have the scene get richer and denser and have things happen in there. And that's like where I'm at right now in my life. Like I think in your 20s, like you have a lot of new experiences early in life. You have a lot of new experiences. Things are novel. Things are changing. You're making big life decisions that push you and pull you. But then now that those some of those things are kind of settled, you really do get to live in it, and you know, not to be like get all old man on you, but I remember thirty. I feel like was a time, was a specific moment, like right up thirty, and right around there, where like a lot of those things came into place, like in a really good way.
1: Dan, don't you try to get old man on me, because <laughs> I will get old man on you. You think you can old out man? Probably, me? Not. Tuck probably in not. His shirt.
0: Oh man! Oh, and then aggressive. I,
1: like, I, way. I would love. I just be old man. Right. Bring the old man. I
0: we'll love it. it. I've
1: Casey, does any of that resonate with your? One
0: hundred percent, and I think like that's something that I think is good. Um, but I do, I, I don't have a lot of regret about how I operated in my twenties. I think I've, I'm happy with, you know, family, friends, community, work. Like I, there, I, a lot of things have grown to a place that I feel really great about. But I also do feel like um, there was a certain like 100 miles an hour thrill ride of just like it It felt like uh, yeah it just felt like 100 miles an hour and I just feel like I have there is this inter like all these things are kind of happening the pandemic getting married you know all the like all the stuff is like happening kind of at the same time and it's all it all slowed down really quickly and I just feel like maybe I was kind of slowing down in the past couple of years, but if I think back to like, you know, 2018, 2019, like those were really good years of my life that I look back on. And I'm like, that was, a, they were rich. They felt, I felt really fulfilled. Like,
1: are you talking about being impulsive Casey? Like in I the think
0: impulsive. I, cause I really do value impulse being impulsive. Like, hmm. I think we talked about this a little bit that, um, when we talked about like routines that like, I get, I stray away from routine sometimes because I want to be able to be spontaneous and not feel like I'm breaking something that I like. Why exercise every morning when, like, I don't, what if I wanted to do something else? Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> so I think there's a little bit of worry about the, the, what I might lose in, the opportunities to be spontaneous and impulsive because it's, I'm not naturally that kind of person, Um, but I like those feelings. So mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: And also perhaps just like having the freedom to know that maybe you could be impulsive if you so chose to do so, Yeah. if you chose to do so. Yeah. And I, yeah, I feel like that, <clears throat> that has been eliminated for me in large part. But as Dan <laughs> says, like, Dan, within the world of expansion, it's like, yes, in many ways, like kids and a house and, all of the career, all of those things are very like stabilizing and kind of like nesting and rooting. But also with my kids, there's like enormous opportunities to be impulsive. And yeah,
2: um, like you see all those, those new novel things through their eyes, you live your youth over again, like it's, you're glad to have them do it. You're glad to be like the stable thing for them. Yeah. The other day, I was in the car and I had my my MP3s going on random, and uh, Radioheads, No Alarms, No Surprises came on, which is supposed to be this song about, you know, everything turns to gray oatmeal at some point in your life and there's nothing, it's going to be exciting again. But I was like, you damn right. No alarms, no surprises. I'll take it. I love it. That's great. You know, this like pandemic thing was a real bummer, and that was not what we planned on, not how it's supposed to be. But like, that's, that, I, I'd rather, I want things to be right now where I'm at is like, yeah, stable, predictable. That's good for me. I'll be yeah. happy
1: with that right now. I, I'm a hundred percent there. So Casey, maybe you're, maybe you can get there,
2: maybe. or maybe you are there. Maybe or
0: I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Or maybe you should
2: just run, <laughs> just go,
0: just while you, while the your knees still work? That's so your choice. I get the jack out of the thing and just run. And you Casey, like, you can go,
1: go, Thelma and Louise. Or you can come over here and try to out old man, me and Dan.
0: I can just live in your basement and try to out old me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, it's good. It, it's funny to kind of, I, I think people who are listening to this who know me well are like Casey's worried about leaving her twenties. Like she's not, she never arrived. Um, and in some ways, um, in other ways I did. I mean, there have been, Many times where I puked in places that was not um, due to alcohol consumption. That was more embarrassing than um, not. Uh, but, and I've done a lot of things that I really enjoyed and felt free to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Kind of, I kind of you want puke in
1: more places. Is that what you're saying?
0: I think that's what I'm saying, but I think.
2: <laughs> Guys, have I puked in my last time? To- Am I going to puke in the same toilet
0: for the rest of my life? Like, oh my God, God, is this it? I'm responsible for for replacing this porcelain toilet when my <laughs> stomach acid erodes it. But the um, I kind of see in some ways, and this might be my own issues, that as you get older, kind of like you guys are talking about, kind of the roots and the depth of your life kind of get deeper and wider. But like, I also kind of see that as something that you kind of carry with you. So like, I definitely feel that there is a weight that comes with it in some ways. Um, but I don't see that necessarily as a negative, but I see it as like a thing. I do kind of see it as a weight, not in a way that's like necessarily negative. So yeah, a little worried about feeling old when I'm trying to feel light, if that makes sense.
2: I'm glad it's only a little yeah. worry because it's, it's okay, I think. I think We're on that too. now anyway, you know?
0: I refer to myself as only 31 when I talk to people. Um, it's very intense. Like I don't, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm so old. But like, I am acknowledging that like I am aging. I am acknowledging that <laughs> uh, that it, things are changing. But yeah, I think it's just, I don't know how much I cared about my 20s being crazy because I, I didn't actually act that way. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm sure other people feel this way too.
1: I along with Dan's point of like stabilizing and the, the real power from that. I just think of like how much more I've learned and Mm. know, like from Mm. having 20 more years of experience than when I was 20. Um, and I just, you know, and I intend, I hope like that trajectory continues to go that I like know and learn way more in the next 20 years. Um, because when I was 20, I didn't know jack shit. And I thought I did, or thought I was smart. And I work with 20 year olds who think they're like they know it all. And you're like, yeah, you're a smart person, but like, God, wait till you have 20 more years of life or 40 more years of life, God willing, and, and hopefully. Um right. you, you, as Dan says, like that that stability and that like breadth of your life is is wonderful, but also the depth that you can achieve as well.
0: Mm-hmm. it's valuable.
1: I think. But it might not be valued by the young.
2: <laughs> no, but that's good. That's a good reminder though too, Kevin, because like you are like a mentor to these kids that you see and you coach and you talk to all the time. And like, there are like, that's, it's like totally a privilege to be like a stable person in a stable situation. There are people who deal with all kinds of shit, no matter how old they are, they are never stable in that right. way. And like when you can give that back to people, that's like awesome too. Like, you know, If you're, if you want to see like stability as a goal, it's like where you can then give back.
0: Yeah, stability is like a pay it forward thing. I didn't think about that. That's actually really, really nice to think about. This idea of like when you feel, when you feel stable, yeah, it's like a you know you, you can't fill up other people's cups unless like your cups filled up, right? So I think that's pretty lovely to think about it that way so uh, guys guess what I'm not worried anymore I, Well, maybe yes maybe i'm sad this is about like, right
2: this is about make, killing people's worries just it's right them, not letting them feel those feelings right
0: just stabbing <laughs> it um
1: this is a solutions show we provide every solution <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, And I mean, I'm glad
1: we beat the Thelma and Louise out of you. And you're just coming over to the old man side.
0: Maybe I'm just putting on an act and you'll read it oh. the current tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> uh, anyway, well.
1: Well, thank you, Casey, for sharing your worry.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for expounding.
1: Yeah, that was a pleasure. And now we can't wait to do it with Dan's little worry.
0: Yeah.
2: If mm.
1: uh, if uh you want to take it away, Dan.
2: Sure. Um So uh, as was revealed earlier in this conversation, I have some children, I have two little boys. Uh, They are eight and six. And my six year old is super uh, spunky and he's a spark plug and a little bit wild. And um, where we live, we have um, the street that we're on. There's no sidewalk on our side of the street. There's a sidewalk on the other side of the street. We don't live near a corner. So we have to kind of cross the street to go to the sidewalk, to go for walks. It's kind of a busy road. It's a small suburban road, but we live right near a hospital. So there are people mm-hmm. getting off, off of work at the hospital. There are people flying in with in labor or whatever. There's just people driving down our street all the time, way too fast for the little road we're on. So it's like a busy, dangerous road. We go for walks on this road and there's like maybe 10 inches between the sidewalk and the curb, very close. And my son, my little one, he like has no concept of what it means for a driver to see a kid on the sidewalk on the side of the road. And he'll be like weaving back and forth <laughs> on the sides of the road. And for him, he's just like, he's on the sidewalk. And he's like, he's on the gra- the little grass part between the sidewalk and the curb. And I'm like, stay on the sidewalk away from the road. i said say that over and over again. But he has, uh, and so this is like my little worry is that he is gonna freak out a driver real bad. Yeah. And they're going to like swerve into the other lane or they're going to like slam on the brakes. Somebody behind them is going to hit them. He has like no awareness. He's got no theory of mind for the drivers. (laughs) He can't conceive that a driver is going to watch him and think something about that. And that is like a constant struggle.
1: (laughs) He also may think there's like a force field like that is impermeable right at the curb. The, like there is just a barrier he, that maybe. protects. He hasn't him. tried
2: to bounce off this yet. But uh, maybe, I mean, when he gets to his twenties, I'm sure he'll be going for that. <laughs> but right for right, I, as for right now, he just he. It's not like I. I'm not actually worried about him going into the road. I think he knows what that means. And he like knows that it's as if it was like uh, in hocus pocus, or like it's a river. Like he knows it's like a barrier, and he should not go in there, and it's dangerous. But I'm just really worried that like he has no idea that him like moving in a sharp, quick motion toward the road. Yeah, is going to be seen by some driver and it's going to end badly. Oh, my God. Ooh.
0: I just want to say that that I think this idea of like humans growing up to understand that their actions affect how other people react is just mm-hmm. interesting um, and never ending. And But there are some people, and they're not bad people, who literally do not fucking think about other people when they do things. And I'm not talking about, like, necessarily they say mean stuff or they do mean stuff. They just do things, and it's like... And I understand that I'm very sensitive. Like, (laughs) and that maybe what's going on to me maybe is a heightened version, but, like, yeah. Like, if it was me in the car, I would be slowing down if I saw your son like down the street, like not in a way that I'd be like, you know, it's a problem, but I'm like, don't, my job now is to not hit that person. (laughs) So yeah, I just, I wonder, I hope that's not going to be his personality forever, but it could.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dan, there's this awesome book uh, called Traffic by Tom Vanderbilt. And one of the chapters, he talks about the, um, the perceptions like how a uh, uh, perception shifting essentially. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: an individual, if they're, if you're driving a car, you like have these super negative, uh, ideas about bicycle, uh, a, a cyclist on the road, um, or a pedestrian. But if you're a pedestrian, you hate that driver and like how those like shifting perspectives, like depending yeah. on your position using a road or a sidewalk, um, yeah, whenever
2: Whatever. you're whenever you're cycling
1: on the road, you feel that real hard. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but when you're a cyclist, you're just like, I am the king of the road and I am like eco friendly and like oh my God, efficient I don't and getting energy.
0: I feel oh. like I'm gonna die at all times. <laughs>
1: oh, that's interesting. Cause like when when they pull uh, when they when they get data from cyclists, they they feel like cars are the enemy. And of course, yeah. cars feel like cyclists are the enemy but anyway, i I think for your for your son, it would be very interesting to see like what he actually might think of somebody who's like running in the road or somebody who is um you know cycling like in and out and and yeah. whether that like actually registers to him of like how of your idea of like theory of mind of like how would this be perceived by somebody else? That's very hard I mean, for a kid to kid to have yeah. that perspective.
2: my older son is much more of like a worrier and like more concerned about those things like what that means like more in like a rules following kind of way like he would probably be more less likely to just dart toward the road on across the sidewalk you know horizontally because i've told him not to and like he gets that that's not a good idea but i don't know that he's any more aware of what it means because he's also more oblivious he may just kind of wander over there and not realize but like yeah there's to go back to what you were saying casey it's like there's you want to believe that people are aware of you and your your life and they wanna like acknowledge you. And like, it's something at like as simple as like putting on your blinker when you're driving to get back to like cheesy traffic cliche stuff. Like you put your blinker's not for you. It doesn't make your car turn. It's a signal. Right. And, I mean, you might do it because it's the law and you don't wanna get pulled over or whatever. But you also might do it because you actually want to be a predictable driver, make the experience safe for everybody and all that stuff. And that is like super important, like to, to consider the world around you and like what your impact is on it and how people might be aware of you. Like be a, to be a predictable driver, because not because like you are, a, it's better experience for you as a driver, because it makes everything else more, you know, uh, acceptable to everybody to understand what's happening in the moment. It's so hard to get people to make that first move to do that.
0: Yes this is very interesting extrapolating this out further is like why do people act the way they act like are they doing it just because they have to do it they have to follow rules are people like and i think that they're like being someone who's always thinking about other people and not in like the like oh i'm just trying to i never take care of myself I always take other i'm thinking about like just like never actually not having self-awareness enough to like you're walking into the road because you're worried about something someone's doing over here. But yes, understanding your impact like that. I mean, it starts small and I know we're, we're beyond your son now, but like (laughs) making decisions based on what your impact is going to be like, that is directly related to that. And what is theory of mind?
2: Theory of mind is just the idea that you understand that other things think, other people think they can they can that they have thoughts that are outside of your own and that you can like you know you can you can impact them that they can they have a self you know Got kind it. of other people do Got uh and it's 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 something that like I, there's there are some people out there that i i just wonder like for any given crime or infraction or is there any punishment or like uh, you know, fine or jail time. Whatever. That's going to stop them from doing that thing that they were going to do. Like, is that really what stops you from doing it? Or you just like, you have something in you that's like, uh, you're like afraid to go against that rule because because it's the rule, not because it's $250 out of your pocket if you get pulled over, but because you don't want to break the rule or because you don't want to make things more dangerous for other people. Or, you know, like you're, you're trying to contribute to something better i i just wonder like how far that theory of mind goes from when you're a kid and you just haven't developed it yet to when you should have developed it by now but you're actively doing things that are negatively impacting other people like do you even realize it do you know and then you're doing it anyway which is like horrible to think about but people probably are doing that in
1: the in the case of traffic it's a very in most in the most part it's a very small number of people who do not recognize those relationships that you're talking about that they enjoy the anonymity and the protection of their car and kind of this impunity that they can do whatever they want and they can speed and weave and change lanes without signaling but that's actually a very small minority but they cause a huge number of problems Mm -hmm. They cause traffic jams and they cause like other drivers to be panicked and like hit their brakes, which causes a chain reaction. So it's like, I mean, again, this is based on a book that I think is pretty (laughs) authoritative book, but it is like caused by very few people who, like you say, in this instance of, of car usage, just ignore the rules, fairly small percentage who have a huge
2: impact. That panic thing is important because if you are a person who has anxiety you that anxiety makes you wrap yourself up yeah and you you say i i have i'm in a panic state i'm like i'm anxious right now i have to take care of number one so i can survive and mm-hmm. then you get like tunnel vision and you block off the other people around you and like so anxiety is like i think uh an enemy of this like theory of mind thing like if people have like are dealing with anxiety don't have the luxury of being able to think about other people because they are like trying to survive in the moment. So somebody who's like nervous about being on the highway a little bit, like they can't even take the second to think about like, am I doing my blinker right to help other people? They're like, I got to get off the highway alive. Yeah. (laughs) And and that that goes for like all kinds of situations. Like people who are like, who might snap at you quickly, people who are like uh, afraid of somebody panhandling, Mm -hmm. like they can't even think for a second of like this, maybe this person actually needs help. They think like, Oh my God, I'm in danger right now. And yep. what they may and they, they have that feeling. And you can't you don't have the luxury of like generosity or empathy when you feel like uh, blocked off that way.
0: Fear, uh, class, all these things intersecting. Ah
1: I, I think ah. our behavior also is not static. So another phenomenon is that people start driving differently the closer they get to home. So mm-hmm. um right. all, you like, could be...
0: lots of infractions happen like right near. Your house, oh just right?
1: just the opposite. So like you oh. um like if you're driving through a neighborhood that you don't know is far from your house, you may drive like above the speed limit and not very safely, but as you get closer to your home, patterns of behavior change. Because you might know more people or you might feel more of a social responsibility in this contract for the place that you live. So you start obeying more of the rules and start going a little bit slower and driving a little bit more safely as you get closer to your neighborhood. And there's a fancy term for it that I forget the if. But, like, basically this behavior change, like, as you become more identifiable, like, you know, in, <laughs> yeah, in like my just, neighborhood. As the
2: shame meter goes up. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> People like, know, you know my car. They might know my face. <laughs> yeah. I might know them from soccer or school or whatever. And so their behavior, you know, changes. And I think that's a recognition of, like, that we belong to a community. But the shitty part is... It like negates that there are other communities that we travel through that deserve just as much respect as our own. And
0: it sounds like Dan's son doesn't give a shit about his community. <laughs> yeah. So he's what saying, Screw is he going if you plopped him in another community? I mean, he's gonna be doing cartwheels <laughs> in front of cars.
2: Maybe he's secretly defending this community from these drivers plowing yeah, through. And he's like, listen, like- you're gonna have to reckon with this child shaped like the plastic thing on the side
0: of the road. <laughs> just always darting. <laughs> uh,
2: uh. I think that's
1: right. He's keeping those drivers heads on a swivel. Yeah. He his mm, the his alert child he's alerting them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. This was sincerely interesting. Um and very stressful Dan for you to be dealing with someone who just has just a away just from the road wild.
2: away from the road
0: dart left well (laughs) i feel like we can go on to big worries because this was fabulous
1: that was a great little worry thank you for sharing that dan and we're gonna for my big worry um we're gonna stick with kids a little bit um because my big worry involves my son who is going off to middle school next year he's uh currently a fifth grader and here in connecticut middle school starts in sixth grade, or at least it does in West Hartford, which is our school district here. Um, so, yeah, he's going off to uh, middle school. And my worry is I, um, I'm worried about where he's going to land and where he's going to fit. Um, he's got a ton of interests. He's a, you know, confident kid in a lot of ways. He, but he doesn't, like, have a thing. And, and maybe so, like, this worry might be two part. One might be like my own uh, framing from my own experience as a as a boy myself and, you know, from my own life experience of feeling like you need a thing um, and somewhere to fit. And also like whether my son fits into that framework. Um, When I was that age, it was always sports. I was, uh, you know, I was decently good at sports. I would um whatever team i was on i you know ha- had had a athletic ability that i could like play right away and played a bunch of sports and was very fortunate to have that opportunity and took it for granted that like it immediately allowed me entry mm-hmm. to a friend group and to an activity where i had like capital because i was decent enough at it um and so i'm like all right well what is that thing going to be for my son and is that even? I don't know. How does that work these days? Also, and is that important? Mm-hmm. You know, how does that process work?
2: Interesting.
1: <laughs> it's, wor- it's worrisome. So like, it sounds it like you're,
2: you're saying that there's no like clear thing. Is it like? Yeah. Is he like dabbling in like some yeah, into he- some things?
1: Totally. Totally. He's like got a big thing in, in, uh, some video game little things like Roblox and these things that he does with his friends and he's into swimming and he's, um, you know, he's, yeah, he does. He has like a lot of small things, but nothing necessarily that like he's really latched onto and is, um, you know, and again, not that I want him to specialize and like get into something like that's like the only thing that he does Um, but just somewhere that he really feels like accepted and um, at the middle school level, as we were talking about earlier at the adult level of stability and grounding and belonging, um, you know, something of the middle school equivalent for him. Um, Mm.
0: And middle school is definitely not the stable grounded place in i think a um your school expect your ex- school experience you know yeah. i was very much going to be like yeah jo- like being a joiner that's the way to kind of like solve these kind of challenges but i do kind of i'm now interrogating kind of that you know immediate reaction is because of what you were saying like you know there is definitely um positives and negatives that come with that like if you're successful in the thing that you do and you're like one of the best or like you're good enough and you know people it tends to be an easier time you know I I think and not everybody's the best or pretty good at the things that they want to try you know it's hard I think you know confidence and um, resiliency in middle school I think is really hard to cultivate but like making sure that your son knows that it's good to try things and it's okay to fail at things and that being nice is what's important like or kind like and that can kind of be some just like guiding posts for his behavior and like kind of deciding where he puts himself and who he is around like I moved between seventh and eighth grade. So it, I mean like it was just a nightmare from hell when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, cause you know, middle schoolers are terrible. Um,
1: did you and, move like entire, like a far, far long away. distance? Yeah. Like so you just hours, started over. Six hours yeah. yeah I, I had over. the similar, I did. I had three schools in four years. It's so hard. Yeah.
0: And I feel yeah. really lucky because like I was a skilled sports player. So like I had capital in that and I could, I thought I felt, I felt like I had value um, because of those things. I also did like music and stuff and I did feel value there, but I feel like majority of my friends really came from sports, but you know, there's that there, that's so problematic. And I'm going to stop babbling because, because we all know what the result is on the other end of like, the jocks and the this and the that is the people who'd feel like they don't fit in, right? And that's what we're trying to avoid is that feeling of not fitting in. And those come from kind of groups that we're talking about how we benefited from. So it's like,
2: uh. This is like hard for me to like imagine too, because like I, when I was in sixth grade, that was still elementary school for me. And I was very much a kid. Like I had baseball cards and I, you know, Played Super Nintendo by myself because it wasn't online, and I read books that were for kids, and I probably still play with Ninja Turtles. Like I didn't, I didn't have like this like what club am I gonna go out for? Or what are my groups of friends yeah. gonna be? It was like the kids who lived near me, and we would do like kid stuff together. Like I there was not even like any of that stuff then, and I you know I, I feel like I was like a slow maturer or whatever, but like I would not have been. I would not have done well if I was expected to be like in a high school type society in sixth grade. Yeah. It took me a long time to get anywhere near there. So like I, you know, there's something to be said for like still figuring yourself out or just like having a bit of self as all these things are around you, as you try on these different groups and you see like, Oh, these are my home friends and these are my, swimming friends and like, which ones am I like? What parts of my personality I'm gonna take with that? Like having something that is just you to center it's not a bad thing at 12 years old.
1: Dan, I love your description of like that that time of innocence because it does feel like there's a rush for like over-professionalization in children and like siloing very quickly and defining their activities. One encouraging thing from the pandemic uh my son and his like little gang of friends in the neighborhood would just ride their bikes for hours yeah. and they, they he, he would come back and be like what did you guys do today and they would go to elizabeth park and they would play he's like oh we just played in the ditch
2: and we're like what, what? like nice.
1: you played in a ditch and he's like yeah yeah we just there's a ditch and we play in it and i was like yeah dude yes like still riding bikes and playing in ditches like you know because you worry of like i don't want him to specialize and i don't want him to be a freaking professional you know like i want him to to find his passion and things that he really digs um but riding bikes and playing in ditches it's like it is like you know teenage mutant ninja turtles and you know flipping baseball cards like
0: yeah and let's be real like we go through all this freaking turmoil of middle school and early high school just to return to riding bikes, AKA driving cars, maybe if you have one or walking Man. and riding bikes and standing by freaking ditches again, anyway, like that's all <laughs> just, just standing around, like talking or whatever. So it's like, yeah, there's lots of, I, I hope, you know, I, I, I also feel like there's so much tied up in like, Oh, who are you gonna be? What are you gonna do? And 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 with like college and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like only directing your energy in school toward activities that like get you into school, I think is like also kind of a problem. Um, and doesn't necessarily let you speak. And this is what I was talking a little bit about, like failing. Like I think, you know, there's a lot of uh yeah, you you should be able to fail in high school um at trying things. So I didn't feel like I had that space. So- I was like, what? I know I'm good at these things and I gotta keep getting better and better and better until I'm the best.
1: <laughs> so Casey, one one kind of thing I think maybe for the next part of this conversation is like he's in a tiny elementary school. Um it's a local, you know, neighborhood elementary school and it's the smallest in West Hartford. And I think like he's also in a tiny class. So most of the grades have three different classes his is so small there's only two and I think um kids and he got really defined kind of early on and was trapped by like there's not a lot of space and there's not a lot of like options there's not a lot of like Anony- other kids anonymity yeah so actually like going to a bigger middle school I I hope will just be like totally freeing of like mm-hmm. there are way more options to fail and find and whatever like experiment So maybe that bigger environment is way more comforting and, and productive for him, you know, and finding his
2: spot. That is one thing I liked about that time. When those things do expand, you do get to have those different selves. Like when you're before then you have like maybe your school self and your home self, but that's it. But then soon you get to have, Oh, this is my little league
0: Mm. self.
2: And this is my people who talk about video games self. And like, you can start to like be those different things that are different facets of your own personality too, which is like fun to discover and just to recognize that you can be more than one thing too. It's not necessarily specialization. It's a bunch of stuff to try. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Generalization. That's so smart. God damn it. I love when we have smart guests on Casey.
0: God, it's it's so great. Multiple (laughs) selves. That's
1: so, it's so right. You know, like, yeah, when you're a little kid, um, man, then it just blows out as you get, as you get older. Mm-hmm. I, I I do. I also was in theater, and I mean, college. I studied theater, and like all through middle school and high school, I had that community as well. And mm-hmm. you know, in my experience, both like athletics and artistic were super welcoming and wonderful, like little tribes to belong to. And um, then I don't know, even middle school, like just you know, discovering, as Dan says, like all those other like facets of your interests, you know. The, the multitudes that you contain. It's kind of it is an important part of the process.
0: What a weird time. <laughs> what a stinky, weird time.
1: <laughs> That's so interesting because I yes. like I, again, this is 30 years past, but I was like, oh I really liked middle school. Like even mm-hmm. though I switched schools three and four years, I always had sports. I like always was like grounded on a team. And I was like, oh, this is, yeah, I, I don't remember it being unstable. I remember being super exciting because I discovered the opposite sex and that I really liked them too. And was like I kind of was
0: mm. decent
1: at decent at that too. I had the, and I was internet.
0: Like, oh. I had the internet in middle school. So <laughs> welcome to that shit show. So. I think
2: all through middle school and high school, I I had tunnel vision. I just had no way so to Kevin was a deal Casanova. Dan
0: was like this, and I was like talking about <laughs> xyz on aim or whatever <laughs>
1: i was a, just i was fearless with uh with that i wasn't su- i don't know necessarily successful or uh lots, I was of, always like, lots of notes I, kevin well no i i was like i like talking to girls and i was like i don't know at a time when people were like it's weird or Uncertain or scary to talk to girls. I was like, I think it's freaking awesome. Like, it's super fun. Like, it's a thrill. They're
0: really fun. They're it's super great. fun to talk to. Girls are the best. I really and guys. Talking I love talking to girls. Yeah, I love
1: talking to everybody. Well, thank it's you guys. Awesome. I, 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 it gives a lot of different. Uh, ideas and a lot of different perspectives on the possibilities of middle school. And I, I do, he's, my son is like incredible. He's, he is so much more empathetic and sensitive and aware than I am. Um, It's amazing. I like love his emotional intelligence and try to, I try to emulate him in in many ways because he's very good kid. So he'll find something that really moves
2: him
0: beautiful dan yeah big worry hit us big
2: worry oh boy all right so uh i mean there are big worries that we're just not going to get into here because this is not the gaslit nation podcast this is (laughs) not that kind of podcast Uh, thinking about those kinds of things all the time but um i one thing i just keep thinking about because it's just happening right now uh and i just i'll just call it it's time to buy a house oh yeah uh and that's just like something that is intense in a lot of ways uh especially in this particular moment
1: right now crazy
2: housing prices and all that um i have been lucky to have a really good living situation for a long time now that is like comfortable and functional for our family, but like we're starting to get to where it's not anymore. We're getting a little bit bigger. Um, I recently took a job that is a little bit farther away. And when we have to be in person, it's going to be nice to be over there. Also, there's that feeling of this is a chance to like have our family have our own setup Mm -hmm. and have it be like our family's house because it's a house that we picked out, that we like the way it looks, that we made these choices. We like the neighborhood that it's in. It's deliberate and it's us and it's like a start that's fresh. There's just a lot with that. Now, I you both have gone through this, um, mm-hmm. some more recently mm-hmm. uh, than others. And it's strange because I have been for a while now like dabbling with this like i said because the luxury we have of the situation we're in we haven't had to buy a house and we still don't have to right away but we want to yeah. and for a, there's just so much to consider about like is it the right neighborhood do we like this place like this location is it walkable is it close all these all these we start to realize your values yep like is it like is it, is it where I want my kids to be like hanging out with other kids? Is it like diverse? Is it like, can we go to a park? Can we like relate to the people there? Can we get a house that feels comfortable both in like its style and like its actual features and all this stuff is like, you're constantly like analyzing the shape of your family. It's actually kind of nice to like, focus that lens and be like, okay, this is what we're into. And it's nice to have this like discussion point for my, my wife and I to like, talk about the way we are, because it, you know, in a lot of ways, we are our own people that are together and we have our life together and we have our kids, which are, we're both parents of, but we also are still individuals. But this thing is like a deliberate choice to have a home base yeah and how does that match us
0: you know i i love the way you're talking about it you can go to heaven
1: no i'm just saying i yes you you're making me worried uh (laughs) about it for sure and and but but you're making me worried by remembering and recalling all of these discussions And, and frankly it's um i think very powerful that you and your wife are having all of those discussions i don't I know, you know, my wife and I talked about those priorities as well. Um, But God, I will admit it. I mean, my wife carried, you know, so much water on finding our house, like the research and the options and the, you know, all that, then you get into all the nuts and bolts. Once you talk about the philosophy of it, Mm -hmm. then it's like the logistics of finding Mm -hmm. a, a potential place or potential places. Um, but yeah, man, you talk about like expanding your responsibilities. It is like thrilling and you know empowering and like what a wonderful like huge leap to make. Um, but also who, what a, I mean, it's it's heavy like hanging over you. Um, but you know, for us, it was just like wow, this this after years of like renting and saving then it's like wow we're we can buy a starter house and then like that house was wonderful and we you know then it's like oh we could sell this house and like find a different house that might more closely match like the things that you're talking about and it's like yeah we felt very like positive about like that process of like well we'll save and when we can do this we'll do it and i don't know it was very, very nice to finally be able to achieve it. But yeah, a huge, huge hassle and worry. Something Are you worried about finding the right place or? That is like, the, that's this...
2: the biggest thing is like yeah. finding the yeah. right place. That's right for us. Like I'm not right. I mean, there's obviously like financial concerns yeah. that you would have. Like sure. I, we don't want to spend too much. We don't want to be like yeah. house poor or whatever. We want to like find something that's comfortable financially, but like, I'm not worried about, we're in a place where I don't have to feel like we have to worry about it unless this housing market continues to go crazy. Um, but like, that's not the big worry. The, the worry is like just that it's right for us, I think more than yeah. anything. And that it's like, because, you know, like, you're, so you're saying you, you've got a starter house and we're, we're close in age. And this is, we haven't had a starter house. We never have had the first house yet. So it's also like we're a little bit older when some of other people, other peers have already had two or three, like houses that were their house so that's a little bit different for us also too is that we're like doing this for the first time now too yeah for
1: whatever it's worth for whatever it's worth our starter house was a disaster <laughs> <laughs> and knowing right. what we know right. about I, knowing what we know about homes now <clears throat> like it was it was an incredibly important part of the process but like now that we've gone through the process of like buying a couple of houses we're like why would we ever have bought that home like there were so many problems with it and like it was a nightmare in many regards but uh you know important part of like home ownership <laughs> like it was a cheap house that we could afford and there was a reason that it was cheap yeah. <laughs> so yeah um but then yeah we we I don't know, eventually it was perfect for us at the time and then, uh, yeah, moved moved past that one. Yeah.
0: Something I'm thinking about is this. So it's like two things. So I'm thinking about process for a second. So like the fact mm-hmm. that like you and your wife are, and your family are talking about like what you want and kind of like creating this like kind of philosophy, this like, you know, I'm going to avoid like ideal because I'm my, what we talk about, what I'm going to say next is going to negate this. So this kind <laughs> of like... um this kind of like outline, like I imagine it is kind of like, you're looking at a house that's like, it doesn't have a shape, but it has a feeling and it has, you know, a general size and it has like a, uh, you know, like I really wanted to make, like like hosting is important to me. Like we went into some houses where the ceilings were so low that I knew that my dad and my brother would have to duck to be in the house. And I was like, this will literally drive me crazy my whole, my entire time I live here, Um, because I wouldn't feel like it was welcoming. So like, I think like, knowing kind of the big, you know, like, words that we want to feel or do blah, 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 um, are going to be helpful so that you can kind of act quickly in this time where, you know, interest rates are so low that if you do find something that's in your range, that's comfortable, you can act, you know, quickly. And the other thing is, is like, You can put an offer in a house and you don't have to accept it. That was something that was so luxurious and fabulous to realize is that like, even if an offer that you give gets accepted, like you can end the negotiation kind of like, there's lots of points where you can um, go back on it. And you probably already know this, but there might be people listening to this. I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that when we were looking at a house, like it feels, it feels like a huge commitment, but there are actually a lot of times where you have an opportunity to like like end the relationship of the sale so like and the one other thing is is i think i i definitely don't think like serendipity and like perfect timing are these things that you should lean too hard on but i think that people who are looking for a house dan we're talking about your specific worry like i think that there's not going to be a perfect house and even houses that are that you build yourself like they're not going to be perfect because time happens and like neighborhoods like grow and like you know, you're, you change, and, like, there's just, like, a lot of things that could happen, so I guess the way I was kind of thinking about our house is, like, there were some things that I knew I wanted to do that, in the long run, I thought were important, and then there were some things that I was, like, these are some risks, but, like, in the end, it is a very big risk, so within the scope of the financial risk, some of the other risks are kind of they kind of fade to the background yeah. as not as important i don't know if that's I'm not trying to solve a problem but i just figure i'd start talking about my thoughts
2: <laughs> No, i mean like it's not, we don't we're not waiting for a perfect place like we yeah. know things that like are like you could say they're deal breakers or whatever but then there's just some things that it's like be nice to have you know i i like to think of myself as like kind of chill and not super picky but then you realize you start to do this like i hate that i would I never <laughs> want a house that has this feature or whatever it is like you start to realize you are picky and you do want things a certain way but we're not trying to find an exactly perfect right place we want to find something that will work and that we're happy with and that doesn't have these things that we necessarily do not want
1: right (laughs) i like that part of the process and it, it applies also to my professional job of like helping people find if if they're interested in college and, yeah. you know, specifically athletics in college, trying to find the thing that's right for them. And it's like, you do have to accept imperfections, because there'll be features that you're like over the moon about. And then other things that you're like, oh, I'm not really psyched about that bathroom. Like, we're gonna have yeah. to remodel that at some point. And, you know, it's like, I guess maybe some people are in a position where it's like, no, they don't have to compromise on anything and they can get everything so perfect. You know, I'm not, and I we're not there. It's like, no, how do we reckon with like yeah. priorities and compromise and imperfection and being okay with that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like,
2: we watch these HGTV shows sometimes together, and the people will talk about like, "I don't like the wallpaper in here." Like, it's a wallpaper. <laughs> right. You can that is not the house. You get rid of that. Yeah, I don't like the paint in here. Paint it. Paint it differently. Right. You want to live in this structure, in this location on the map. That's Love you the paint consider. here.
0: It's just like a giant like turn that's been painted really well. <laughs>
1: But Dan, it's, it's, I love that of like, what are your priorities? And for us, it was like schools and I, I wanted a yard. I like, I'm like, I need to be outdoors. I'm I'm an outdoors cat. Like, I'm not an indoors cat. And I like, it has to have some space outdoors that I can be um yeah aside from that i'm really give a shit it's like i don't know i'll put my clothes wherever and
0: right yeah you've seen a dresser in a yard
1: that's that's <laughs> over that's yeah dresser in a yard and I, sometimes the dresser is in the yard and that's fine by me but yeah what you know what are your priorities and i think it's beautiful that like you can have that conversation you know as a family and figure out like what a powerful and kind of unifying thing to, to be able to do that I
2: guess like just the worry of it is you know are we gonna really find it and are we gonna feel happy with it because it may be that like one of us makes like this compromise that we're like iffy about yeah. and then it like doesn't feel as great but you know you hope that it's gonna feel awesome like i'm like i don't know if i want to live in a ranch and yeah it's like ranches are awesome and i'm like i don't know <laughs> So that that's might be hard. one of those things. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe you'll that's see us two, one floor living someday. You know what, Dan?
0: Let's go on the podcast right now and just say what you are excited about. That's not a ranch, not as a direct antagonistic mm. point against ranches, but I do want to mm. know, like in a mash style or marsho style, almost um, mansion, apartment, ranch, mm-hmm. <laughs> house. Yeah, I'll start drawing the spiral. Probably when to stop. <laughs> stop. No, but okay. really, what kind of house do you want? <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, what I like aesthetically is like, like a old Victorian house. Like I like, or or older houses, you know, I like a New England house in a neighborhood that's like on a grid with sidewalks. I like wood features inside. Like that's my jam, you know, that, that kind of thing. And that is, I realize I don't always like those houses either because they can often be very like boxy. They're extra uh, a little sometimes too yeah they could be very very ornate and too much to like keep up if you're gonna feel bad if you start living in the house uh or like it's just got this like this room is the butler's pantry and like that's that you can't see anybody else in the entire house when you're in there like there's this there's completely walled off because that's how you had to conserve heat in those days or whatever it was um so like it's nothing is perfect nothing we already know nothing is perfect that is like the if i see that I'm excited about that, and then we start talking about the other things. We like, oh, a finished basement would be sweet, an attic we could—it's finished or we could finish that would be sweet, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know,
0: it feels endless. I feel like we were really driven by the interest rates and just kind of like an emotional need for a project and a change. Like last yeah. year was like there were lots of things that happened that were like hard, and it was just like, like for the world, but also just within like our families and and there was loss and there was, you know, grieving loss of events, people, all these things. And it's like, we just needed something to do not, which sounds like kind of stupid, but it was just like, we were already kind of thinking about it. And I think we moved quickly, but we moved, I think intelligently. And it's hard to kind of match those up sometimes. And then I think the reason I'm saying that is because I think the long process is a worrisome process. Like, and that's okay, but like I, I do feel for you that you're kind of in it for like for a while because <laughs> um, it does. I'm looking say- forward
2: to that, though. I'm looking forward to like that we did it, like this is the thing we're going to be working on this or whatever. It's great. You know, like-
0: it's very, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, you might feel this way, Dan, too, because the way you were describing how like you're comfortable with just what you have and like you know, like you're willing to be flexible to just kind of like be where you are. You know, having that abundance of like this is what we wanted, and we got what we wanted, can feel extremely um, embarrassing and um, okay. uh, humbling in a way that kind of like can tamp it down. But like having had those feelings a little bit, like I really do. I hope that that your whole experience is just like wildly like open and joyous. Like you know, because you guys have done a lot of. You know you've you've waited a long time, and this is going to be. It's not going to be a starter house. You guys are you right. could. This is kind of like a big move. So I'm excited for you. Thanks,
2: Casey. Yeah,
1: I'm excited as well. <laughs> Thanks. Didn't Kevin. sound like Don't it. Don't try to out-excite <laughs> me. T- just because I've been quiet for a couple of minutes it doesn't mean that it's my like, exciting a
2: house. Big deal. Whatever.
1: Never. Few times. Oh, oh, good for you. You talk to your wife.
2: Oh, wow. laddie, dad,
1: damn. Cool. Look at this cultured guy who actually communicates with his wife. Jeez, Louise, Lordy. I'm excited too. Don't you try to diminish my excitement, Casey? How dare you?
0: I tried. I couldn't. Oh my God. You guys Dan,
1: thank you for sharing your worries. Unbelievable. Yes.
0: Thank you so much. And
1: also for uh, offering such goddamn wisdom on our little worries, Casey. I thought Dan just brought the old man wisdom.
0: Yeah. Dan, are yeah. you in a And I mean home? that in a complimentary
1: yeah. way, not pejoratively.
0: His beard is
2: getting grayer by the day. I'm glad to put it to use. Oh, my God.
0: It's happening. So smart. I'll let you know if I get my hair dyed on Saturday. Now that I'm vaccinated, I'm like, haircut, it's time for a haircut. So that I, we'll see if we dye any of these hairs, but I don't know. Might just let them fly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Own that 31-ness.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I think I might. All right. I think we've got to our final segment of the podcast. Yeah. Um, this was so fun. I'm I'm so happy. Um, But now we're going to recommend something good, uh, podcast audience. Uh, Kevin and I are going to recommend something to each other, and then we'll kick it to Dan to either recommend something or plug something. It's really up to him. Kevin, do you want to go first?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm going to do what we, in the industry, call a callback and recommend Welch's fruit snacks. (laughs) One was lodged in my nasal cavity earlier today. I don't recommend that, but I do recommend Casey Welch's fruit snacks. Um, I honestly, I eat way too many of them. At BJ's, you can get a 90 pack uh, of these little 70 calorie. uh, They're just little fructose bombs uh, (laughs) of Welch's fruit snacks. But um, yeah, 90 at BJ's, I think it's $8.99 for that 90 pack. But I, I like run on them now and they're so goddamn delicious. And they have the nutritionism like perfection of like you actually think there might be fruit in them or you're eating something that is fruit-ish and <laughs> they even they even though you absolutely are not um and so they're like delicious i love them uh and yeah they are they're driving me these days so i recommend america Welch's. runs on welches that's right that's right
0: i you know i'm a gummy freak um i'll definitely eat them and i used to eat them all the time behind the ct bar as a snack um oh, so good you know with yeah, I was like chugging a PBR and like eating uh, fruit snacks. So it it was a vibe for sure. Um, I'll get I'll get back into it. Um,
1: PBR and WFS's yeah. <laughs> your Welch's fruit snack. Oh yeah.
0: Okay, so I've got a ridiculous a ridiculous um recommendation for Kevin, and you can do it or you don't need to. Um,
1: I'll do it. Don't okay. tell me I don't. don't Fine. Do it. Now do that I
0: threatened you and poked the bear. Um, <laughs> That's great. My recommendation. Um. Is jean jackets. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. And
1: why am I wearing a jean jacket the next time you see me?
0: So I'm recommending jean jackets because, you know, a light jacket is hard to come by. And both in use and in, you know, kind of acquiring, um, there's not many moments for a light jacket to be relevant. But when it is, it's beautiful. And I bought a acid-washed not like full acid-washed calm your jets everyone like medium acid calm your
1: jets def leopard 86
0: (laughs) all right calm your Um, jets (laughs)
2: joe (laughs) jet
0: but it's like a acid-washed like black denim chore jacket and when i wear it i feel like i am in charge and i think that every and I'm and I'm the right temperature. I just really think you should get a jean jacket if you don't already have one.
1: I, I do not, um, but I I love the idea. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna be on the lookout yeah. for a jean jacket.
0: It's a great place. Uh, you know, I got mine from Old Navy. Like there might be some shaded Old Navy. I really like it. Uh, all right. You can go to Goodwill. Great jean jacket spot. I mean, you just don't do it if you don't want to, but you probably do. I wanted. Well, I, I had like... two
2: jean jackets growing up. I lost them both. Uh, one when I was very young, and it was like a big thing of like, we can't get you another one if you're just going to lose it. And I lost the other one. But I remember like <laughs> drawing on it, like with a marker, like yes. writing stuff on it like drawing like pictures of like mario i think i wrote like vanilla ice on it <laughs> mm. and stuff like that and it's for me like maybe it's because it's school time thing i associate them with like fall like the chill in the air is when i want to mm. wear a jean jacket so i'm probably not going to get running out and get one right now but i now i want one now i want one again
0: So i have gotta not had an one. adult
2: have not had the adult mm. denim and i think i need
0: that i've been wearing it over my sweatshirts in the morning. <laughs> like going outside with the dog like it's kind mm. of like it's got it's very like early morning camping vibes like yes yeah so that's my recommendation. i don't think
1: i've ever casey i don't think i've ever had a jean jacket on my body
0: that's now that surprising. i mean dan
1: dan triggered that I, I i've never owned one i've never had occasion to, to to borrow a jean jacket that i can think of maybe for like a halloween are, once but are you a fan of
2: jeaned pants
1: i love them and that's You're what like, I wear yeah. every single day of my life.
2: So. That's what you want that. You want that all over. I love it.
1: I, I want it top and bottom Canadian tuxedo and man, off we go.
0: That's the good thing about getting the black denim is because then you can wear it with your blue denim pants and you don't look huh? crazy. Oh <laughs> <I, laughs> uh, man. Well, that's well, my thank you for that. It's a
1: great recommendation. I, <laughs> I, I, I accept <laughs> I'll go to Goodwill at some point over the next few days.
0: I'm excited. I, Get like, me I a plan jean to jacket. see you walking by my house. Just like...
1: And you'll be like, who's that guy who looks like he's in charge? <laughs> oh, he's wearing a jean jacket, that fellow.
0: Oh, that's Kevin.
1: He's in charge because I told him to wear that jean jacket.
0: <laughs> well, Dan, Love let's it. kick it to you. Uh,
2: I will quickly plug... Um... The ct comedy theater as you mentioned in your yeah. opening uh by the time you hear this podcast we will have announced a fundraiser event to help us get back open uh, we would love for you to contribute anything you can and we'd love for you to be a part of our community um if you are in the hartford area hartford connecticut we would love to have you come and see a show take a class We are out of commission for over a year now, but we want to get back to where we were. So whenever you're comfortable, whenever you're ready, we want to be there for you to come back to. So please come see a comedy show. Be a part of the CT Comedy Theater scene. We would love to have you.
0: Then I'll also say
2: I'd recommend baseball cards. Go (laughs) crack open your old baseball cards and look through them. You will have some serious flashbacks to when you were in sixth grade when sixth grade was still elementary school and you'll be looking through them and take oh i remember this guy oh this card was cool this horizontal card oh it's awful (laughs) just you'll take you back
1: i love it um i'll bust out my old baseball cards the next time i'm at my parents house and um yes we as dan said casey and i are regular performers at the ct comedy theater casey has been involved in in many, many, many leadership positions at the theater. But Dan is one of the co-founders of CT, one of the spiritual rocks of the entire community and uh, an amazing friend and co-performer co with, with me and Casey many, many times. So um, support the theater, support Dan Russell because he's the best. And uh, thank you,
2: Dan, for being on the podcast thank
1: this uh, episode. Yeah,
2: thank you so much for having me. This has been really great. I'm gonna do another podcast God. in like 10 years, I swear.
1: <laughs> ten 10 years. Catch you, in a you can come back and you can you can try and out old man me again, but I don't know <laughs> if it'll be successful. You're
0: on. It's a thing. <laughs> All right, bye everybody. See you next time. See ya.